This is Performance Deliver, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. Today, we're going to talk about remote selling. Here to speak with me about the topic is Jeremy Camiglioni, who is the CEO at AirSales. AirSales proactively builds and fuels companies' pipelines with qualified prospects that drive meetings and growth for their business. Jeremy, welcome to Performance Delivered. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Before we talk about remote selling, Jeremy, tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm originally from New York. So I, I moved to Los Angeles about seven years ago. Uh, growing up, my grandmother, she had a retail business. Um, so I was always you know, kind of working in her shop. I've always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit um, from a young age. Um, so it's always been a dream to kind of just own my own company, um, be an entrepreneur, um, be my own boss. So that's, that's always been what I wanted to do. So when I originally moved to Los Angeles, uh, I had a marketing job. You know, I was working a nine to five. Um, and then really what I did was just kind of work side projects until eventually something started working for me. And what that was, was a, a digital marketing agency. So basically what I was doing was social media marketing for small businesses. And uh, when you're doing that, you need to figure out a way to drive new business. So um, that was kind of how air sales started was we were looking for ways to secure sales meetings with small, medium-sized companies. And we were doing it using these virtual sales representatives. So that was sort of the dawn of air sales and kind of the, the beginning of my entrepreneurial career here in LA. Great. So you, you, you just said, you know, you started using virtual sales representatives. So what is remote selling then or virtual selling? Yeah, so remote selling, um, and there's different parts of the sales process where I focus mostly when it comes to the virtual space is the prospecting aspect. But remote, remote selling is essentially the same thing as in-house selling. So you're, you're getting the same benefit of having a live person handle the communication and the sales process. And you're oftentimes, you know, getting equal results or even better results. The, the main difference is that oftentimes these individuals tend to be independent contractors versus in-house employees. So there's obviously, you know, there's different benefits there. And then they're, they're usually working remotely, obviously, too. So um, that's kind of the ongoing trend that we're, we're seeing uh, across the board right now. But that's been the model um, when it comes to remote selling for a long time, where they're working remotely. They're not in an office, you know, being managed by a sales manager uh, under one roof. See, how do you control quality when you when you work with contractors, freelancers? How do you control the quality that of of, of results that these individuals deliver to your clients? Yeah, that's a very good question. I get asked that quite a bit, and really, the best answer to that is just time. So we've we've been vetting network of sales specialists for you know over the last four years with different projects that we've been working on. So. Really, you know, you start to create this network um, over time just through a vetting process. You can, you can, you know, see whether or not someone's a performer or not pretty quickly. Um, and then 
consider an independent contractor, you're often, you know, you're able to kind of cut ties with those individuals quickly instead of having to sink more resources into them where you, you might do that if it were to be an in-house employee. Yeah. You know, as you said, you, you, you probably interviewed quite a few people and you, you identified what the traits are that makes a good remote salesperson and, 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 or a bad one without giving away the secrets of air sales. What are the traits that you are looking for and you would recommend even companies that might say, you know what, this sounds interesting. I want to actually build out a remote sales team. What are the traits they should look for when they interview salespeople? Right. Yeah. So there's two things that we really look for. It's objection handling. So um, being able to kind of twist the conversation uh, and ma being able to control the conversation because oftentimes people will want more information when they're prospecting. They'll say, hey, shoot me over a marketing deck. Oftentimes you shoot over information, it gets lost in the stack or in their inbox somewhere and they'll never talk to you again. So we're, we're training our representatives uh, to basically handle those objections in a way where they're able to convert that back into a possible sales meeting. So people who are good at objection handling, um, that's number one. Number two is just being able to secure contact information and uh, a meeting time. So there's different ways of you know being able to secure that information, but the best way to do it is manually. I know a lot of people like to send out like a Calendly link, but what that does is it puts it back into the prospect's hand and you're relying on them to actually schedule that meeting, you're essentially giving them a job to do. Um, what, what we do is we look for people who are uh, able to secure that information manually um, just within conversation and then they can control the process and actually set up the booking that way. Can you be a little bit more clear on that when you say managing that manually? What do you mean? At the end of the day, you still have to send an email out, right? To say, you know, we agreed on uh, Friday, August, I don't know if it's the 29th, at 10 a.m. Is, is that what you mean? Or if that's not the case, what do you mean? No, that's exactly it. It's just handling that process instead of uh, sending a link and letting the prospect handle it on their own. I see. Um, yeah, just handling that and being in control of that process will increase the chances of securing that meeting. It's kind of when you're in a sales meeting uh, or, or in, in a on a sales call that you shouldn't leave a sales call without kind of almost agreeing the next step, right? The next step in, in an initial engagement is you want to get that meeting in place, right? So you, you probe them. It's like, so when does it work for you? When, when can we, when can we talk? And that's how exactly. you finish the call at the end of the day. Yeah. You always need an objective, you know, at that end of the call, there should always be some type of call to action. You should know what your next steps are and you should be working to get to those next steps. So yeah, that's, that's always the process, um, that's, and that's the process that we follow on our end as well. How's the training part on your end? When you, when you get a new client and they are in a specific industry, they have specific challenges, so therefore they're looking for specific prospects, um, how does that come into, how do you handle that in order to get the best results for these people and also find the right salespeople for them? Yeah, what we what we basically do is we look for a virtual sales representative that's had experience within that vertical or that space. So they're going to be familiar with the terminology and the words that the prospects are going to be using. Number two is we've developed best practices that kind of work across most verticals. So um, when we when we first bring on a client, what we do is we'll have a strategy call with them. So it's usually an hour long call. Where we'll really dive into their service. Um, we'll put together a targeting um, spec sheet as well. So 
um, we, we basically dissect their value props. We work it into a structure that we already know works on, on LinkedIn and also email. And then what we'll do is we'll refine the targeting um, as we go. So it's, there's usually an optimization process, um, you know, and once we get things fully dialed in, which usually takes, you know, between 60 to 90 days, then you really start seeing the full impact. In order to keep at least a little bit control and, and, and keep the salespeople in certain parameters, that you have to work with, with, with sales scripts, email scripts, and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. The initial messaging is all worked out with the client first. So we go back and forth um, and we put some messaging together that we think will work. And then the client will also uh, approve. And then once we have that, it's, it's really just sticking um, to the objection handling and securing that meeting time. So we're really focusing on positive responses. We're not twisting anyone's arms. So, you know, if, if there's someone that's not interested, that's okay. We're going to go on to the next person who's looking to have a meeting. Um, once we find that positive response, you know, we'll then go, we'll set, you know, we'll set the meeting up by securing their email address and then, you know, finding a time that works for both parties. Yeah. So what, what mediums do you use in order to engage with prospects? Call, email, LinkedIn, any other channels? Yeah. So our primary outlet is LinkedIn and we're also using email. So it's a tandem approach where we're, we're both, we're, you know, we're using LinkedIn and email, um, but LinkedIn, we're getting better results. So um, the email world, um, it's definitely uh, still definitely a good avenue for people to be using and it's very inexpensive. Um, so if you do it right, you can get really good results with email, but it's, it's nothing like having uh, an actual face to the conversation and that profile there. Um, there's a lot of additional information on LinkedIn that they can research on the company when you're reaching out, which, out, which also helps increase, you know, reply rates and things like that. So to answer your question, you know, we focus mainly on LinkedIn, but we're also using email. So that's, that's actually interesting. Um, obviously, you know, I'm not the only one who gets a lot of emails from companies that say, hey, you know what, we can create a lot of leads for you through LinkedIn. What I always feel is like, you know, people connect with me on LinkedIn. And the moment you connect, the next thing I get is a sales message. How are you guys handling that? I mean, I, I can imagine that you guys don't have the time to start chit-chatting with someone that you just reached out to or <laughs> someone you connected with, right? So how do you navigate around that? Yeah, so in, in, this, in the space that we're working in, it's a little bit of a volume thing. So, you know, we, we get around the social selling aspect by making the conversation a little bit light in the beginning. We're not pitching them on the initial connection request. Um, we kind of ease into the conversation a little bit. So we do have kind of a ramp up style of how we approach the, the prospect with our messaging. And we try to make it as authentic and genuine as possible. Um, but at the end of the day, we are trying to get these people on a sales call or, you know, take an intro call or a discovery call with us. So we eventually do need to pop the questions. So it's just kind of a, it's an art, you know, you, you get better at it over time. Um, we've been doing this for a while. So we've really, you know, we have our, our messaging really dialed in at this point, but you're right. You don't, you don't want to start off the conversation uh, with a pitch. You, you do do, you, you know, you do want to ease into that and, um, you know, seem genuine with your approach. Technology. How how important is technology for for remote selling um, in general? But also, you know, as as you just started talking about LinkedIn prospecting, how how important is that for that? Yeah, it's it's very important. I mean, especially just with managing your team. Um, you know, you want to you want to be able to have messaging applications like Slack and things like that um, in order to keep a close grip on your team. 
Um, and then just in regards to the prospecting itself, there, you know, there are tools out there that can help expedite the process and, you know, speed things up for you. Um, not everything, you know, can be automated and there are, um, you know, there are uh, different policies and things that you want to be aware of on these platforms that you don't want to violate. But uh, certain things, you know, using Zapier and, you know, different plugins, you're, you are able to kind of automate some things to make your life a little bit easier. Um, and the more of that that you can do, the better. Um, you know, the, the way the world's going right now, everything's going towards automation um, efficiency. So if you can, you know, make it, uh, if you can innovate and find ways to do that within your business model, no matter what it is, I would always say, you know, do that. So I would say it's very important, especially with remote selling. Yeah. So obviously, remote selling is nothing new, right? But I would probably think doing today's time or during the current situation, um, you know, COVID-19, this must have kind of picked up and accelerated a lot. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. So um, being kind of in the thick of it, um, being in the lead gen space, we noticed, you know, when, when COVID-19 first uh, kind of came to our shores uh, and the initial shock kind of hit, uh, we did see an, a, a decrease in revenue just because, you know, everybody was just thinking the world was going to end and no, no one really knew it was going to happen. Once, once that initial shock wore off, um, you know, sales is the heartbeat of every business. Um, if you're not bringing in a new business, you know, you're kind of just sitting there in the water. So um, eventually people, you know, need to restart the engine. And with, you know, there being kind of limitations and different restrictions on things right now, um, hiring SDRs isn't, uh, it's not the most appealing uh, thing to be doing right now. So if you can find some type of virtual or alternative um, that can, you know, offer you the same result that might also have, you know, other benefits as well, you know, why not? And I, and I think that's what a lot of these uh, B2B companies are, are transitioning to right now. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine that there are a lot of salespeople out there at the moment that can't do their normal job because they are doing or have been doing the traditional sales, you know, whereas a lot of FaceTime required or you go to trade shows uh, or you, you go to places where your target audience is and start mingling with them, building relationships and those kind of things. Are those kind of salespeople, is it easy for them to transition from the traditional approach to, to kind of the remote selling? Well, I, I think for some, yes. I think for some, maybe not. Um, you know, everybody has a different kind of adaptation process and some people are better at it than others. So I think, I think some people will adapt easily. You know, everybody, you know, especially, you know, people that are just getting into sales, this will be an easier transition for them because they're, they're, you know, they haven't been in the game that long, you know, for, for your veterans out there who have been in sales, you know, for 20 plus years, this might be a harder transition. Um, but, At the end of the day, I think everybody is getting more and more used to technology. People are getting more and more used to using these social platforms. And that's the trend that everything uh, was going in anyway. So I think this is just a catalyst that might be speeding it up. But, it, you know, I'm not going to lie. There will be some people that get left by the wayside, I think, um, just because some of these um, more traditional styles or methods maybe, you know, might not be uh, a great channel for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Do you see a, a different success rate from remote selling leads to, to kind of leads that, that, that were generated or that exist when you have more one-to-one -one or face-to-face -face approach? Yeah. Well, I would say when you meet someone in person, uh, a face-to-face, -face, 
that's always going to convert at a higher rate. Um, when you're, you know, you're, you're building that connection and that relationship much faster when you're, when you're actually in the room with the person. But with that being said, uh, it, you know, even though it might not convert at a higher rate, you have much higher numbers um, on the internet when you're able to create a targeted lead list and go after, you know, a subset of people each day and you're, you're consistently feeding that funnel. So you kind of make up for that with numbers. But yeah, the face-to-face, you really can't beat that face-to-face, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you might not like what I'm saying now. So is it more, is it more quantity over quality remote selling? Uh, well, I think it depends. I think, you know, it depends on your business. You know, some, some businesses have a wider net that they can cast, and um, it, is, it is strictly a numbers game. And then there's some that have a very um, targeted niche where they can only go after specific companies based on a software application that they use or, or something else. So it can go either way. But for us, I think most of our clients, um, their services cater to a wide variety of different uh, companies. So for us, it is a little bit more of a numbers game, but it doesn't, it doesn't need to be that way for everybody. It really depends on what you're looking to, to achieve. How about sales triggers? When you do the remote selling, the way how you guys do that, are you, are you using sales triggers? Or is that, is it really, as you said, it's, it's more quality. Let's find companies that are in industry or that fit the profile that the client gave you. Right. Yeah. So we're not really using too many sales triggers. Most, most of this is based on the conversations that we're having with our clients. So, you know, that, that strategy call that I mentioned uh, before, um, that's really where we're putting that targeting together. And we're, we're going out and creating these lead lists and then getting them approved by the client. So we're not tying into, you know, individuals who are maybe visiting their website or anything like that. This is, uh, this is traditional uh, old school outreach done in a new and modern way. It's a nice way to put it. So for, for the people that, that are listening, it's like, you know what, this sounds interesting. We, we really should probably try this, whether hiring a company like AirSales or trying to build out and remote sales team themselves. What are the best practices that they should implement when, when doing it themselves? Or what are the best practices that you recommend uh, people should look out for? Because there obviously are a lot of companies out there that do the same thing and, and they might not all be the same. Right. right. Yes. For best practices, you know, what you, what you want to make sure you're doing is just structuring your team, right? You want to fig- you want to figure out, you know, which part of your sales team you want to be virtual because there, you may not want your entire team to be virtual for, for us. You know, what we think makes sense at air sales is virtualizing the SDR role. So the sales development representative um, and having your closers still be in house. So, you know, that way, you know, when you're getting on the actual pitch call um, or even the discovery call, you're, you, you have that control and you know the individual who's taking that call is a good closer because you don't want to be feeding leads to, you know, a, a new remote seller that you, you know, you haven't vetted yet. Um, you know, you, you want to make sure that your closers have been vetted and that they're able to actually close deals. So a best practice um, and kind of some advice if you are, you know, going to start your own virtual sales force would be just starting with the SDRs. And once you've vetted out enough SDRs and they're starting to perform, you might want to, you know, promote them, you know, to a virtual AE. Um, and, that, and that would be, you know, the process that I would follow and really the best advice that I can give to anyone who would, you know, be trying to start something like this. That makes sense. Is it, is it difficult to manage a remote sales team? It's not, uh, it's not the easiest, obviously, because whenever something's virtual or remote, there are additional challenges when it comes to managing people. So 
it's definitely easier to manage a team when you're all in the same room. I'm not going to say that it's not, but uh, there are definitely ways to do it remotely as well. So using, you know, tools and software, different messaging applications, you can monitor and keep a really close eye on how your team's performing. Um, there's even, you know, spreadsheet templates that you can use to, to monitor daily performance and make sure everything's staying on track. There are ways to do it. You just need to make sure that you have your operations completely dialed in if you're going to do it remotely. From your perspective, so what's the future of sales development? I mean, what we're basically talking about so far, just to clarify that for the, for the listeners, is we're talking about the first step in sales, right? Where, where you need to identify your prospects and then you want those prospects to show an interest in, in, in kind of accepting, you know, a meeting or phone call from you so that you can talk about the service that you can offer them and, and the solution they will get. Yeah. So, I mean, the future, I think right now, I mean, we're in a big experiment. I think COVID-19 was a catalyst for it. So, you know, I think there was a trend going towards remote selling, but I, didn't, I don't think there was anything pushing companies and forcing companies to really have to consider it as a, a realistic option. So I think what companies will soon realize is that they can, you know, reap the benefits of having live human interaction, driving new business and new leads. Um, without having to have a lot of the risk and reducing costs as well. So I, I think that, you know, we're, we're experimenting with right now. And, you know, as we continue to go down this path, you know, it's just going to make more viable sense for companies to virtualize parts of their sales team. You said earlier that, you know, one of the, the benefits of, of, of working potentially with an outside provider for the SDR part, so for, for identifying prospects and then getting the initial a meeting say, a call in place is obviously if they don't work, you don't have them as full time. You, you can switch them out and, and, and have the next person come on board. And are there any other you know, advantages, benefits that you can see people should consider or should look at? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously a cost factor here. So I think 2017 uh, San Francisco salaries, all in cost for an SDR um, working at a tech company. Um, comes in at $80,000 per year, and that's cost to the business. So that's including, you know, insurance, training, laptop, computer, software, um, everything. So um, when you're working in, you know, if you're working with an agency or if you're going to even, you know, build out your own remote sales team, what a VSR typically costs the business on a, on a yearly basis is $20,000. So, you know, you're reducing that to a fourth. Um, so you're paying a fraction of the price and essentially getting the same result because typically, you know, a SDR will, you know, yield, you know, eight meetings per month on average across most verticals. And a virtual sales representative will do the same. So you're able to get that same result, that same impact, but, you know, pay a fraction of the price. You're also foregoing that hiring process. So you don't, you don't have to worry about, you know, hiring and vetting individuals if you go the agency route. If you're building out your own team, of course, you still need to do that. Um, and another benefit is that, you know, you get quick results. So typically, you know, when you're training an individual, um, it's going to, there's going to be a ramp up period and that can be up to 90 days with, you know, when you're using an agency, at least, um, if, you're, if you're building that remote sales team yourself, again, you're going to have some of these same hurdles. But if you're going with a, a lead gen service or an agency who already has a vetted network, you're going to be able to hit the ground running and they're going to be able to get you results quick. And then the last benefit that I would see is that the turnover rate with salespeople is pretty high. There's, 
there's a 34 or a 34% turnover rate with salespeople. So you could sink investment, you know, and training into an individual, and then there's a 34% chance that they might walk on you. So you might have to start all over again. So yeah, so there's obviously, there's a lot of benefits. So I like to put it, it's less risk, less investment, equal or better results. How do you achieve that saving, right? Does that mean you, that person only works a third of the time or a fourth of the time uh, on, on a client account? Or is that, where, where, come, where do the savings come from? Good question. Yeah, so what we're able to do is we're able to expedite a lot of the prospecting process. So a lot of the time spent with an SDR in-house is actually used uh, finding leads, actually going and building lists. Um, we're, we're able to do that very quickly. So we, we're able to expedite the prospecting process and create these lists in advance. And then our reps are strictly focusing on positive responses each day. So When they're logging in, they're, they're going to be just focusing on the people who want to talk to them and setting up those meetings. So we're speeding up the process and we're eliminating a lot of wasted time. And that's where the savings are coming from. Yeah. How does an agency like yours charge for the service? Yeah. So our service uh, is, is very basic. So we have a month-to-month -month billing plan. So unlike a lot of other lead generation services, they like to tie you into at least a six-month contract or sometimes longer. Um, they like to pitch you on this very long ramp-up period. Um, we've, uh, we've really, you know, streamlined the whole prospecting process and our best practices work across most verticals. So we're able to kind of plug and play and, and get things up and running and get results out of the gate. Um, so our month to month plan starts at $1,500 a month. If you want to sign up with one rep, you can do that and then you can scale up. You know, it's easy to add reps and kind of scale up as you go. Or if you want to start out, you know, with an entire team. You know, we have some clients who have over 20 virtual sales reps, um, and they're all linked up to a different account executive um, within that sales team. So it's very customizable um, and it's flexible, you know, based on your company size and, and the results that you're looking to achieve. Okay. Well, Jeremy, we've, we've come to the end of today's uh podcast episode. Thank you so much for joining me on the Performance Delivered podcast and sharing your knowledge on uh, remote selling. If people want to find out more about you and say, you know what, I could build this up myself, but let's, let's, let's talk to Jeremy, you know, let's, let's give him a call. Uh, let's see what he can do for us. Um, how can they get in touch? Yeah, yeah, really easy. So just go to airsales.io. Um, you can go there on our website. It's really easy to just schedule a call directly through our website right there. Um, we'll get you on our sales calendar and someone from our sales team will uh, be happy to talk to you. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance Silver podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at Symphonic HQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.